Welcome to Let's Get Two, the baseball podcast from the fans' perspective. Now here's your host, James Christopher. And welcome to Let's Get Two. I am your host, James Christopher. And no, this is in fact not the season premiere of season two of Let's Get Two. That's a lot of twos. We're doing a special episode to talk about the Astros, mostly the Astros, and their role in the sign-stealing scandal. Sometimes a story comes up that you just have to deal with it. We do a baseball show. This is a thing. And for as much as we haven't wanted to talk about it, we felt compelled. We haven't wanted to talk about it, not because we were hoping it would fall between the cracks or get swept under the rug. It's just not in the mission of the show to talk about that kind of story. We are a mostly minor league baseball and independent league baseball and collegiate summer league baseball show. And we like to focus on the positive side of the game and the cultural impact of the game and why the game is important to our country. So we've avoided this one and we've avoided like the angel story. and We haven't really talked about the potential for upcoming work stoppages. The only scandal we have dealt with is the possible contraction of minor league baseball because it fits right into the wheelhouse of our show. But some things have happened since November. We've been harassed on social media for not talking about it. We have, I have at least, gotten a DM that said I should, in fact, kill myself, which seems extreme. Then I saw a person post a photo of her son with cancer uh, getting to meet an Astros player and somebody commenting on Twitter that they were a cheater. And then finally, the kind of straw that broke the camel's back was getting off a plane in New York. A guy had wanted to talk to me about the cheating scandal after seeing an Astros sticker on my laptop and basically concluded that what the Astros did was worse than what Jerry Sandusky did when he raped a bunch of little boys. And I thought, okay, that's where we are. A mom can't be excited about the minutes of grief lifted off of her child's shoulders while that child fights cancer without having some jackass with a Dodgers handle in his Twitter handle go after her. And then people are equating it to child rape. I don't have any problem, and, and I'll get into this in a second, with Dodger fans being mad. Go after all the players you want to. Go after obnoxious Astros fans if you want to. You draw the line at sick kids. Bottom line. So after all of this, I got together with the team and we thought we would talk about it. We take the platform of our show seriously. And we're always trying to shine lights on the positive in- impact that the sport has in areas that not everybody sees. Our goal is not to be salacious or scandalous, particularly for the sake of clicks. Of course, we want you to click on our show and we want you to listen to the show, but we want to do it by being ourselves, being honest, putting together a good product and not, in fact, being the TMZ of baseball by sharing half-truths that sometimes the people sharing it know are wrong. 
That's just not something I'm willing to live with. So here we are. So we're going to put the normal format of our show aside, and we're going to speak to Andy Tom Chesson, who is the host of the Go Go Astros segment. And then we're going to talk to Scott McIntyre, who is the host of the Big League Chew. And then Ivan Klausi, who will be our Rangers fan reporter throughout the next season. All to get their takes on the sign-stealing issue. But first, mine. I'm going to lay mine out because I try not to interrupt too many people when we're talking to them in the interview process. And then I also don't want to overly repeat myself. First, the Astros were wrong. There's no other way around it. They were. They broke a rule while a relatively gray area at, at the time had been clarified. Punishments were clarified as well. And they continued and they were punished within the boundaries of that clarification. There's no, no other way to spin it. You can't spin it. It is in fact the case. No one can dispute it. Astros fans have to own that part of it. We just do. I don't believe that the Astros should be stripped of the title. I don't think you can guarantee without the shadow of a doubt that they didn't actually win it. I think it's a bad precedent for baseball to take it back anyway because it opens up a Pandora's box of titles to be questioned. And it doesn't make me any less proud of 2017. No matter what happens, nothing's going to take away that feeling for me. My grandson was born October 2017. And that was the year that my daughter and I got so much closer than we had been. And that was a year where a city was practically destroyed and rebuilt itself and fueled by that baseball team. And I'll challenge anybody who feels differently. No city needed a win more than Houston did. Maybe New York on 9-11. And so while you can't help but be affected now, when you look back and maybe wonder, and maybe there's a question, it doesn't take away my pride in that championship or the excitement I felt in 2017. And people say, hey, well, well you're Mr. Integrity. You know, you're just talking about time in the military and integrity and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm a military veteran and I do pride myself on integrity. The other thing that comes from being a military veteran is understanding that I grew up worshiping baseball players, but haven't in the last 25 years. They are human people, fallible, making mistakes. And it's even more frustrating to read that they stopped doing it themselves because they didn't think it was working. And again, not happy with those dudes at all. And it makes me mad that it ended up costing A.J. Hinch's job. Just because I'm mad and not happy with them doesn't mean they're not my team. Doesn't mean I don't love them. Doesn't mean I'm not going to still show up at about six different row games this year ready to support my team. The thing that Astros fans have been saying and been misrepresenting, at least they're misrepresenting me me when I say it, is that a lot of other teams are doing it. And I do think that what you have here is a sin of escalation, that lots of teams look for edges. I think the anecdotal evidence is out there. And again, when when we say, and this is going to be a theme for me through this whole show, that other teams are doing, it isn't me saying the Astros should get away with it or not be punished because... Lots of other teams are breaking the same rule. What it means is if your goal is to clean up the game, then clean up the game. And I don't know that Major League Baseball has any intention of really doing it. This accusation was made. The article in The Athletic came out. 
Then Manfred said, we have no reason to believe that it extends past the Astros. And then a bunch of national sports writers said, whoa, whoa, whoa. There are a lot of teams doing this. And then the Red Sox get involved. And so it stands to reason if this were a, were a criminal investigation and then we were all playing detective that we could follow the threads and it would lead other places. I don't know if they will or if they won't, but all Astros fans are asking for, at least as I understand them, is to say, hey, if everybody's doing it, then we shouldn't be the ones that are scapegoated. And we shouldn't be the ones that are the only ones that are going to pay a price for, again, a sin of escalation. Because the only thing they did out of the ordinary for electronic stein stealing, as far as I understand, was banging on a stupid trash can. And again, it's extra frustrating because the, the players admitted it didn't work. But I think most people just want the whole thing investigated. But so much of this has gotten ugly. From people that thought the, the, the commissioner's report was gospel. But then it didn't fit their narrative that they still cheated in 2019 and now it can't be trusted. To fans just going at each other on social media and fans of the Astros openly being hostile and just rude and gross to the Astros media whose whose job is just doing their job to cover the team. They do it without preferential treatment or prejudice, at least in my opinion. To the loser fans of other other fan bases who have like credited or, or I guess they've they've set notifications on their Twitter anytime an Astros beat writer reports to comment, you know, cheater or something like so clever. You went through all that. You went through all that hard work to 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 know exactly when Brian McTaggart tweets just so you can reply with cheater. I mean, as a writer, I'm insulted. At least get clever. I feel like it's emblematic of so many other problems that we have. And I think there's one big solution here. And that solution is compassion. The title's not going away. Astros fans still have every single right to feel proud about that championship for the reasons I outlined. But I also understand when particularly Dodger fan and Yankee fan is mad about it. I would be mad about it too. I would. I honestly would. And it's the hypocrisy that we allow ourselves to have with sports. Unfortunately, we allow ourselves to have it with politics, too. But this is not a political show. And so I would think that Astros fans, you know, if you have friends of yours that are that, are, that follow the Yankees or the Dodgers or whatever, listen to them gripe. Understand their vibe. But it also goes both ways. No fan banged a trash can. And no fan ratted out the Astros hitters for using the trash can system. So all the fan fighting is pointless. And if you're not an Astros fan and you're mad at the Astros, understand where the fan comes from. Rightly or wrongly, Astros fans feel like Major League Baseball's been out to get them for years. In part because, well, we were a National League team. And then we woke up one morning and we weren't. And all that was done out of the selfishness of Bud Selig, and we don't need to rehash all of that. But it took an identity and disposed of it so quickly without caring what the fans thought. And then you fast forward to this report, and the report comes out on Monday. Bill O'Brien's excited, by the way, because he's not getting fired now. And Astros fans read the report, and in some ways it's worse than they thought, and then better than they thought. 
And then they accept the fact and they're getting ready to move on. And then the whole thing with the buzzer starts. And it doesn't matter that the report said there were no electronic signs. And it doesn't matter that the video of Altuve running in directly into the dugout was, I mean, the, the clubhouse was, was explicitly edited. And so now all of a sudden Astros fans feel like it's double jeopardy and they're being tried for the same crime twice. Yet other players and reporters of merit are coming out and saying, hey, other teams are doing it too. And they don't seem to be investigated. So you can, so I don't mean to rehash this, but the point is, is our choice can be compassion and at least a little bit of empathy to understand that this sucks for every single Major League Baseball fan and that the the best way to do it is love the game and try to hate the hierarchy of Major League Baseball as best you can. So hopefully that's where we'll get to. And hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this and you don't agree with what we say and you're mad about it, I hope you stick with the show. Because I think you'll like where we end up back at season two. We've got a great season planned already. And if you disagree with us, maybe you'll see a little bit of our side. And if you agree with us, maybe again, you'll learn to have a little compassion for the people that are affected. Because it sucks every way. There's no, there's no winners here. You know, the Astros haven't been allowed to talk. Neither is Major League Baseball. And I hope that they at least show some contrition in spring training. And so we're glad to welcome back to Let's Get To um, for our special episode, I guess, our regular Astros beat cover guy, Andy Tomchessen. Andy, how are you? Uh, you say special, so that it, it, I guess special has a lot of different meanings. Uh, it does. I, my first, like, I guess my first question for you, what's better, the void with no news or the void of, with no baseball with this going on? Honestly, I think the news is worse because of the void. Um, so, you know, it's chicken and egg sort of thing. Um, I, I prefer a quiet void, uh, followed up right by a void with a lot of free agent signings, which weren't in the cards for the Astros this year. Um, this is probably the worst case scenario for void. It really is. And the darkest timeline. <laughs> right. It's definitely the darkest timeline for our community friends out there. We're nerds. It's fine. You know, we didn't talk a lot about this on our show beforehand because it isn't necessarily the mission of the show. We don't major league controversies. And I know that I've got a lot of pushback on social media thinking that it's more of a I am a Astros homer. And I fully admit that I am an Astros fan. I've never hid that. So um, I thought we might as well at least talk about it now and then not taint the upcoming season by delving into it any further. So everybody knows the Astros were through the investigation, caught, proven to have cheated, the punishment. I want to talk about the punishment first. Um, in your mind, fair or unfair? Um, I think fair. Uh, I also think it's a little more harsh than I was expecting uh, based on baseball's long history of kind of looking the other way with uh, scandals and certain cheating things. Um, it, it, and I think part of what's driving – the reaction from some of the fans in the media is that the punishment was about as harsh as it can be under the current CBA and rules um, that govern baseball, at least the way the owners have chosen to conduct business over the last uh, decade, last few decades. What about then Jim Crane's going on top of it by firing AJ and Luno? I think we both yeah, I think we're on different ends on this because I'm actually okay with Luno being fired, not necessarily Hinch. Your thoughts? 
I see for me, Luna is the biggest blow. Um, Hinch is a great manager and I don't want to belittle the loss. Um, but I think there's enough talent that um, is on the current roster for the Astros that with a, a decent amount of manipulation from a manager, but something any manager we should be considering hiring should be capable of, uh, it's still a playoff team. And, and as we say, maybe once an episode, once you get to playoffs, anything can happen. Um, so Luno, to me, is the biggest blow because he's the guy from a developmental standpoint that has to drive the ship. Um, and if he's not there to drive the ship, and by driving the ship, I mean everything but is what's happening on the field during a major league game. So that includes the draft. That includes trades. That includes free agent signings. That includes um, Rule 5 draft. That includes international signings. All of those things came under his purview. And the biggest loss uh, for the Astros from Lunau's uh, from the Lunau perspective, is having somebody who understands uh, the analytical side of baseball and is able to incorporate it into an organization the way he has. Now, I'm not saying other GMs can't do that, but right now, and you're seeing this based on just the lack of activity um, around around hiring a replacement for Lunau, finding a person who can do that and um, do that with the resources that the Astros have available is a challenge. Um, that to me is the biggest blow. And that's followed really closely by the loss of draft picks. Uh, the loss of draft picks for me, uh, it's 1A or 1B depending on what day I'm looking at it because for an organization like the Astros who are not a big market team, they're not a small market team, they're not the Twins or the A's, um, so somewhere in the middle, for them to continue to build what Crane has said and what Luno had set up into his departure, of constantly refreshing through the minor leagues, you've now lost potentially four of your best players um, who are going to have to serve immediate needs considering that um, Springer may be a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, Altuve and Bregman are signed for the next few years. Correa is up as a free agent at the end of 21. Um, and our pitching ranks are pretty depleted in the minors. So you're going to have to find, and you lose Verlander potentially, you're going to lose Granke um, almost definitely. And so you've now lessened your opportunity by losing those draft picks. And so, again, if you ask me tomorrow, I might say draft picks is the, are the worst blow. Um, Lunau's uh, right up there today. The $5 million, just so we could mention all of the punishment, means absolutely nothing to me. Right. I, you know, it's funny. I was trying to look at this from as – from a, one of like one of the things I like about having you on the show is we look at things very differently, and so I was looking at it from what did the report say, and having been in the military, a former small unit group leader, I understand the inability to report on your guys if your guys are doing something wrong, particularly in the view of really they're just trying to keep up with what everybody knows other teams are doing. So you can't rat your guys out and still lead them. So I understand. AJ being suspended for a year, but I would have looking at the fact that even the report talked about how he didn't like it and tried to stop it can understand how as a leader, you can't necessarily stop it. It's a lesson you have to learn versus the part of the report that I think is going to be major leagues out to not punish other teams. And I want to get to that in a second is going to be their mention of culture. And I think that Luno from a public relations perspective had to go, not just for this, but also for the handling of the Taubman situation. And the fact that he's kind of 
um, part of this, all this happened because he's kind of a prick and people wanted to get him. And I really fully believe that. And I think whether or not you can oh. fire somebody for being a prick or not, the public relations part of that seems um, important in this issue. And so for me, I would have looked at if your problem is the culture, who leads the culture? Luna leads the culture. AJ was a guy that was stuck into it. And I also firmly don't believe that Luno didn't know when, which is what he said. Well, I mean, I think that at certain levels of management, I think your general manager is probably one of them. Certainly your owner would be one of them. There's some built in plausible deniability. Um, and it, there needs to be because when shit hits the fan, you have to be able to cut off the line somewhere. Um, I, I don't doubt that Crane probably was unaware and is probably very unaware of a lot of the things that go on in a major league clubhouse, other than he likes to remind you that he played college baseball every now and then. Um, I think Luno probably was aware that it was happening, but maybe not on the scale. Um, and maybe not as pervasive or as long as it was uh, happening according to the Major League Baseball report. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I, I don't disagree that Hinch and Luno had to go. I just, from a ramification standpoint, um, I think suspensions would have been enough. Um, I also understand why Crane felt he needed to do what he did because as we're seeing now, even with the firings, it's not going to go away. The Astros, you know, the Astros have a reputation now of being cheaters. It's not going to go away this season and maybe not next season. And you're going to have to get a couple of seasons away from it. Um, it would help a lot if the Astros could continue to win, win the division and make a good showing in the playoffs uh, with two consecutive clean years to kind of distance yourself. And then other than that, it's going to take time uh, for the reputation to get better. Uh, you know, having said that, I think there are probably still some people out in the world that think the White Sox are cheaters from something that happened in 1919. So, you know, I, I don't know how much I can hold the current White Sox organization responsible for something that Eddie Seacott <laughs> and Shoeless Joe Jackson did, but there are people who do. Um, there are people who are convinced that everything the Patriots have done has been have been illegitimate since the Flate Gate. Um, and, and you can make an argument that there's some parallels between what the Astros did and what the Patriots have been accused of doing. Um, the difference has been the wildly dramatic reaction that MLB had to it versus what the NFL seems to do, which was virtually nothing. So um, one of the things I want to get to is, and I want to clarify for people, when Astros fans say other teams are doing it, it isn't like we're looking for some level of exoneration. I, I don't, from a punishment perspective, we can argue whether this should just be legal. I actually have always thought that. I've told you before. The way that the, the, this rule is written, it's like saying murder is legal as long as you only choke a dude out. But the minute you hit somebody over the head with something, now you've broken a rule. My, my issue is when I say other teams are doing it, I'm not saying they should get the Astros off. I'm saying if the goal is to clean the game, then you need to clean the game. So based on what you've read, based on – you know, what we've seen reported and, and gone again, the only reason why we know about this is because we pissed, we pissed Mike fires off, but other players have said it's going on league wide. Is that your opinion? Do you think it is in fact a league wide, league, league wide issue? I think that uh, I'll back up just a second. I think baseball has a long tradition of cheating. Um, and it's kind of ingrained in the game uh, and you talk from everything to 
um, loaded baseballs, pitchers uh, throwing spitballs, scuffing baseballs, cork bats, uh, amphetamines, uh, painkillers, steroids during the 90s and early 2000s, uh, and sign stealing. And sign stealing has been one of the things that has been consistent throughout baseball history. Um, there's always the desire to gain an advantage on your opponent um, in, in any sport, in, in a large amount of walks of life even. But in baseball, there seems to be a – it's kind of ingrained or baked into what the game is, is and has been. Um, so I agree with you when I point out and have pointed out in some conversations that – there are other teams that are being looked at and there are other teams that need to be looked at. It's not because it makes the Astros what the Astros did worse. The Astros, let's, let me put my stance out here. The Astros cheated. They got caught. They got punished. And according to MLB, that's where we are right now. And I think really their statements have been, that's the end of it. They've investigated uh, buzzers. They've investigated electronic devices. And if they could have found something in 2019, they absolutely would have included that in the report. Um, let's, let's stop there. I agree with that because some people are saying, well, well, it had to have been 2019 and we're just going to not mention 2019. If anything, if Major League Baseball was really going to use this report to cover their rear ends, they would have not admitted that it happened in 17's playoffs or the beginning of 18. Major League Baseball, right. and that's, I think, my issue, fans took the report as gospel until they didn't want to take it as gospel anymore. Well, and that's how we do everything these days. Uh, and I don't want to get into political conversation, but that belief system uh, either started there or continues there or bleeds into that. We don't believe what the we don't believe official reports now. We're much more likely to believe what we're reading on social media because we are all convinced that we're not being told the hundred percent truth hundred percent of the time. But back to your original question. I think when we're talking about other teams doing it, the Red Sox are currently being investigated, which is something that seems to get glossed over by a lot of the media. Uh, there will be findings and there will be similar punishments for the Red Sox for what they may or may not have done in 2018. Uh, Alex Cora would not have been fired from the Red Sox. The Red Sox are one of the few franchises in baseball that could have said, nope, we're not doing it and got away with it. Um, if this were a true criminal investigation, you would look at who um, Cora came from and who Carlos Beltran came from, who was another person who was integral into coming up with the scheme the Astros used, and you'd be looking at the Yankees. That's never going to happen. Um, you'd be looking at every accusation. So you'd have to look at the Dodgers because both the Mets and the Brewers accused the Dodgers in 2018 of using electronic devices to seal signs. Um, and if you think that the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, and Astros are the only four teams doing this, then I think that's just silly because one of the things that traditionally you do in sports is you follow what winning teams do. So I think a team like, and I'm not, I, I don't want to really accuse a team, let's just pick something out of the hat that I hate anyway. To think that the Rangers aren't also trying to get an advantage to get out of their kind of around 500 purgatory they've been in for the last few seasons is just silly when they can look at an example of teams that are winning and what they're doing and then trying to copy that or emulate that. And so I think it is pervasive. And I think that if Major League Baseball was truly interested in cleaning up the issue, every team, all 30 teams would be investigated. 
I also think there's zero appetite for that happening because it's bad enough when you have a team that has won the AL West the last three seasons, won a World Series, been in two World Series, um, and won two pennants, having this kind of mark on their mark on their record for the last three years or two years. You can't. I don't think baseball could survive, or at least would be impacted on the short term, um, five to ten years if every team was suspected of it. So they, they have to close it somewhere, and I'm guessing it's going to kind of end up with the Astros were the bad guys, and Alex Cora happened to move over to the Red Sox. They may have done something. We'll find them $5 million, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, Which I have is a not feeling. Dissimilar, it's not dissimilar to the way they treated the steroid scandal up until Congress got involved. And I don't see Congress getting involved in this issue. I know that there's been this threatened, but they've, they've got other stuff to – to deal with. Now, I don't know how much, you know, you interact with other fans, but it seems like both from Astros fans and non-Astros fans, this thing whole this whole thing seems to have gotten way beyond matters of like discourse. And again, the whole band-aid thing. No matter you know, you've got you've got that that it, the internet content creator, I'm not going to give his name on this show. I'm not going to give him the benefit of any free publicity. Um Sharing anything and everything, it's taken as gospel, and then he realizes that it's wrong, and then he just tweets, oh, my bad, with leaving the original story up. Where have we gone? Where are we with the fact that we can't even have a conversation anymore about stuff like this? Well, and I know our experiences are all going to be different if um, the, the people, the actual human beings that I've spoken to who also happen to be baseball fans, it, it kind of breaks down into if you're a serious baseball fan and you've been following for years and you have your team – you kind of understand where all this came from and it's a lot more of a cordial conversation. The people who are casual fans or who are desperate to get a reaction to drive up their clicks or drive up their views um, are going nuclear to the point of, did I say that the George Bush way? I'm I think you I did. did. I think you might um, have. I apologize. Nuclear. Um, I'm almost to the point that the only thing that's going to satisfy them is public player castrations and a Game of Thrones style shame caravan through the other 29 cities. Um, And that's just not going to happen. I hear a lot of frustration because the players haven't said anything yet. Well, if you have half a brain, you know, the players have been told not to say anything. And even Crane came out, I think, yesterday and said, look, we'll have a public statement once we get the team together in spring training, but until then you're not going to get individual statements from players. And that's smart because you want your story to be universal and done with. If you let individual players continue to say things, it will become a lot like what's going on with the the buzzer issue last week of each individual statement will be dissected to the point that – you can't make sense of any of it. And a, and a doctored uh, and video of Jose Altuve apparently running directly into a locker room, which was not the case, will be treated as fact and then said, my bad. Well, if you tweet it yeah, right. and it, it's amazing to me that people are trying to read his lips when he's very clearly speaking in Spanish uh, and coming up with <laughs> English translations. Because uh, what he's saying is, uh, and what the players around him said was not my, not, I can't speak Spanish, but basically La Camisa, which is my shirt don't take off my shirt because he didn't want to rip it up. And what I've heard is he didn't want to rip it up. This was before the scandal, by the way, because he had promised it to a fan. 
So he didn't want it torn up or destroyed because he was giving it to a fan after the game. Fantastic. Whether that's true or not, that's what I had heard back in October. Um, to turn that into, no, you can clearly see he's saying, I have a buzzer, I have a piece, don't take off my shirt. Um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And this is what I'm talking about, though, this inability to have a conversation. I feel like, again, if this was a court of law, to bring up your example earlier, we'd be walking into double jeopardy. I think most Astros fans took the punishment, understood the punishment, were ready to move on. And then the minute Mm -hmm. Beltron gets fired and now all of a sudden it can start to expand, this begins. And now Astros fans are getting super defensive because it feels like. Like we didn't do, we didn't bang a trash can. We didn't do any of this stuff, but yet we have to be defensive because all of a sudden it almost feels like the world would rather punish the Astros again than by, by, by any means look at other teams that might've been involved. Well, I think your biggest noise is coming from Dodgers fans and I mean, internet Dodgers fans who somehow believe that they have a birthright to world series championships and they haven't had one in a couple of decades now. And so they, I think, Yesterday had the city of Los Angeles issue a proclamation to MLB uh, asking for both the 2017 and 2018 titles to be given to them. Um, and, and fans just eat that shit up. Uh, uh, excuse me. I know we're family friendly. It's okay. But the, the, the Internet has just gone nuts with, well, obviously the city of Los Angeles wouldn't ask if they didn't think there was a reason to ask. Obviously the uh, – State represent or the representative from Illinois wouldn't ask if there wasn't a reason to ask for an investigation, um, and it's like we forget that politicians do things for attention during re-election years, <laughs> and it's just it's maddening because I honestly, and I love you, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, I dread seeing your um, t- your messages pop up on my computer because for the last few weeks it's been, did you hear what happened now? <laughs> I am the best. Well, the we, we can break some news and that the Mets have hired a, a manager, uh, Luis Rojas, not a guy the Astros are looking at. Um, All right. Well, that means Eduardo Torres is still on the market. Still on the market. But, you know, the, but the Twitter sphere is, is I've got to stay off of it because, no, you know, I always go into these ex- these exchanges thinking I'm going to have a reasonable conversation with someone. And it's it's not going to be that because people don't want it to be that. Um, two things that well, I've thought. I think, I think the. I'm sorry, but I think the other part of it is there's levels of severity. Um, I have two kids. You have a child. Uh, you know that there's a difference between I cut my finger and I cut my arm off. And there seems to be no common sense being applied to what the Astros were accused of doing and found guilty of doing versus uh, I think the example you gave me of a, a guy on the plane this weekend uh, equating it with um, – the Sandusky issue at Penn State. Um, there is no realm where uh, sexual abuse is the same as stealing signs using a television and a garbage can. Those two things do not equate on any level. But evidently in Twitter and in social media land right now, they do. And I hate to be Abe Simpson, with an, and I don't have an onion tied to my pants, but – I'm going to be an old man yelling at clouds for a second. Twitter's the devil. It's just this spiraling out of control nonsense where there's no accountability for being wrong. There's only value on being first and making suggestions that could possibly be true. And in the world we live in in 2020, nothing is true. So everything is true and everything gets blown completely out of proportion, even when the authority charged with investigating the issue says, nope, nothing to see here. Um, it's just it's it, it's crazy. 
And, and it would be crazy if it were the Rangers that we were talking about or if it were the Yankees we were talking about or if it was the Dodgers or the Brewers or anybody else. It's not just because the Astros are getting picked on right now. It's because this is how we have to, conver- we have, to have conversations about everything. You have to pick through piles of nonsense to get to the truth. And even when the truth is presented, those people creating those piles just create new piles. So I want to get your thoughts on two final things. One, I think the lamest thing I've seen coming out of this are all of the Major League Baseball pitchers openly threatening. I say all. Mike Clevenger. Is it all? It's, it's, it it's, Mike Cle- it's Mike Clevenger. But the idea of threatening in public to hit. Like I expect the Astros to lead the league and hit batsmen. And you know what? Give us all the free base runners you want. We'll take it. How dumb do you got to be knowing that the minute you throw it, you can't use the whole ball slipped. Like you, you're going to get, you could see suspensions more harsh than what the Astros players themselves got. Well, I mean, Clevenger's an idiot. And I say that based on the fact that anybody getting in a Twitter fight with a talk radio host uh, and th- threatening physical harm towards one another. <laughs> yeah, he threatened, he threatened to fight path. Adam Clanton from AM7, is it 790? 790 yeah. in Houston, yeah. Um, but And thinking that's a logical answer. Uh, I think Tyler Bauer, um, or Taylor, <laughs> I forget which one he is, um, also has made some veiled threats, although he's in Cincinnati and has no chance of facing the Astros at all at any point this year unless he's traded. Um it's, it's asinine, and you'll notice that the um, former players don't see what the big deal is about. You'll notice that current hitters aren't really speaking out about the Astros. I mean, I'm sure there's been some exceptions that I've missed. But by and large, players are keeping quiet about this. And if players are keeping quiet about it, there's a reason players are keeping quiet about it. Um, pitchers are always separate anyway. Uh, you know, and we like to give – puts um, heroic standards on some people. I think one of the things for me that lets me know that things are better or things weren't as bad as they're being portrayed to be anyway is a person like Justin Verlander who has a reputation of not putting up with any kind of shenanigans being traded to a team in Houston um, and then re-signing with that same team. If there was something really to the pervasive um, atmosphere or environment of illicit play, there's no way that you get a Justin Verlander to stay after the trade, uh, after he met his initial contract. There's no way he signs for two more years. And, and honestly, we didn't pay him that. We paid him a lot of money, but we're not paying him that much money right. to overlook his values. Um, I don't think you have other players like Michael Brantley, who is by all accounts a stand-up guy, willing to come to Houston. Um, I think the challenge now is going to be this has cost us our manager on the field. That's going to go a long way towards not having guys want to sign with Houston until there's some certainty around who that next manager and honestly who runs the front office is going to be. All right. Well, real quick, then who is your pick for the new manager, the new manager? I know, I know who you don't want. I, I love that. I, every time I tell you a new name, you freak out. So we, we, we know everybody in the internet knows you don't want Dusty Baker because you think he'll blow all the bullpen arms. And so who, who do you want? Well, I mean, who I want. Uh, everything else being equal, I would just as soon not get rushed into a decision and let Joe Espada have the team for at least a year. 
and maybe it works out and maybe it's great. I've seen some, um, mostly at the Houston Chronicle, saying that you know we, he was here in 2018, so he's not exactly clean. Well, that's if he was not exactly clean, he would have been fired like a lot of other people. Right. Um, I am wary of people like Dusty Baker and John Gibbons and Buck Walter, and not because I'm ageist, even though I'm getting close to 50. It's that I don't think they have the background of being able to apply the analytical side that the Astros are still going to employ, according to Jim Crane, to the on-field performance. Um, and I think it would be a challenge to get them to try to change their stripes. And yes, Dusty Baker will absolutely destroy bullpen arms. It's what he does. It's what he lives to do. And um, also Kyle Tucker will never play because he doesn't play rookies. That's that's his thing. Right. Um, of the people who have interviewed, if it's not Joe Espada, and I hate to say this because it's killing me, I'm reading more and more about Jeff Bannister being probably a good fit from the, the perspective of what I think the team needs. I'd also like to see Will Venable get a bigger shot. Um, Eduardo Perez is weird to me because I don't he hasn't been in baseball since 2013. So right. I don't know why he's a candidate or why he's a hot candidate. But um, oh. So right now, Joe Espada, if it has to be from the outside, probably Bannister. That's my pick, too. Then if yeah, I hate that. I'd love to go Espada, and if, if it has to be outside, Bannister. Andy, thanks so much again for being on, doing this like last minute, and we'll be back in about a month to actually kick off season two of the show. I'm working on my picks already, so we'll um, talk then. And so now we're going to turn outside at Astros fandom for Let's Get To, and we're going to speak to a couple of guests. The first up is one of my very best friends, one of my best baseball buddies, Mr. Ivan Clausia. Ivan, you've been watching baseball a long time. A long time, yeah. Um, not an Astros fan. No, I would not call myself an Astros fan. I, you know, I appreciate the Astros. Um, I liked them better when they weren't in the American League West. <laughs> right. As it, what, is, what is the whole thing? Success as long as your interest does not conflict with mine? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they, you're a Rangers fan. So I'm what a Rangers you, fan, yeah. But what do you think about all of this since the story broke? Like just broad strokes. Well, I mean, I guess in, in broad strokes, the, the couple of things stand out for me. First of all, uh, I think people have been trying to gain an advantage one way or the other f- probably since the game began. I mean, you can go back forever and uh, see, I think, and hear about people trying to figure out what signs are being given and what the next pitch is going to be. I guess for me, where it turns into actual cheating, which is what I think it was, is when you incorporate, you know, all the higher technical elements into it and and you gain that kind of immediate advantage, um, you know, with with camera zooming and, and tablets and, you know, electronic devices and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think, you know, I think it's wrong. Um, and I think it was, should have been punished. And um, I guess I feel like the punishment is, is appropriate. I was, I was, I think probably like a lot of people surprised that the Astros ended up parting ways with uh, Hinch and Luno, but. Uh, I was, I was surprised about the punishment too. I said earlier in the segment that um, the phrase in the culture problem of the report met Jeff Luno should have gone. I probably would not have fired AJ Hinch because everything throughout the report says he did try to stop it. And understanding, you know how it is. Like if you're a leader of a small group in not every single infraction is reportable when you're trying to make sure you can keep that team yeah. together. Yeah. Um, when you hear an Astros fan say every team's doing it, what is that initial reaction? Like, well, what do you think they're trying? To I say? think that's an overstatement. I don't think every team is doing it. I think probably you'll find 
individuals um, throughout the league that are trying to, you know, figure out some kind of a, a way to gain an advantage, whether that be just kind of the old fashioned way or, you know, more of a high tech way. I think you're going to find that. But I I tend to believe that there are there are teams and, and cultures within teams that are that try to, you know, that, that try to really be, abide by the rules and, and don't. Um, and maybe I'm not naive, but I feel like that there's probably teams out there that that aren't, you know, using high tech to, to cheat. And they're probably doing it the old fashioned way. <laughs> and I know like, so there's always been rumor. I think Crane said in his thing that he, he has information on eight other teams yeah. with, do you, what do you think is better for baseball? Get them investigated out? Or do you think it's better just to kind of let it go with, with the Astros? Or I think once you've opened the door, like they have, you have to keep going. Like if, 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 if there's legitimate evidence for eight other teams, then I think you have to, to follow it. I think you have to f- figure out what, what that, you know, what that ends up being, you know, maybe it's just a rumor. Maybe it's something real. Um, you know, I think you have to get it out in the open. Otherwise people are going to be like, well, it's unfair. You know, you, you treated, you know, these two teams, specifically the Astros and the, the Red Sox differently than everybody else. You know, if you have evidence, then conduct an investigation. Now, it's it's funny to me watching it because when it when it all broke, everything was very very one one direction. I'm starting to see articles that are going the other way of, um, mostly the subject like Pedro Martinez came out today yeah. and said he wouldn't want like that is weird. How how do you you know what's supposed to happen in the locker room stay in the locker room? How do you rationalize um a, a guy? celebrating a world series and then two years later feeling bad about it. And then saying like, yeah, it doesn't seem like he should be able to stand on the integrity mountain and say, yeah, me. well, yeah, I think I would agree with that completely. I, you know what? I would chalk that up to just an individual, just a person like every, like people are going to be different. People are going to react differently to it. And I think that's just Pedro being, you know, his, you know, ration, rationalizing it, thinking it out his own way that maybe is a little different than some of the other, mm-hmm. some of the other guys, you know, um, I, I, I do. I kind of find it fascinating to that that the players, some a lot of these players, are willing to to speak out publicly about you know what they think and kind of their kind of bold statements about you know I think like Clevenger has come out and said some pretty bold things about that and Bauer. Of course, Bauer was you know spouting stuff like last year about he was um, accusing um, spin rate some the kind of spin rate craziness. Baseball, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, that which which sounds a little bit but but you know uh, a little wacky at the time. Um, I just think it's real interesting, you know, like to, to, to see that how individual, I think it tells you about the person, you know, Yeah. you know, for, for me, I, like if it was me, I mean, I, I would probably just like, I mean, I might be as a pitcher, especially, I'd probably be really upset, you know, but I, I'd probably keep my mouth shut, you know, just because. I'd like to hear from fires. I want to know, did you go to the press because you first went to the manager and the manager didn't do anything and then you went to the GM or did you go from zero to the media? And then what is the motivation? Because I think like everything on social media, so much like he's saying careers were ruined, but he was pointing to a White Sox pitcher who had one outing. Your career yeah. isn't based on what I mean. So I think it's a lot of overblown yeah. from the rhetorical side on both of it. Um, I would agree with that. Yeah. One of the things and one of your take on that is a lot of people are saying NCAA style, pull the title. Thoughts? Boy, I don't know. I think that's I think that's just a little too extreme. Um, I don't think I can't, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence about it, but I think I would not, I don't think I would pull the title. Um, I, I think that, I guess I wonder like, 
I've, in a way, like the the management, the manager, the, the you know the the general manager for the Astros both got fired. There's not going to be any kind of punishment to the for the players, um, you know, and that's because of the. Which union. is interesting. The CBA doesn't allow it, which meant rules, yeah. it had to have been a discussion point. Yeah. Yes. Which kind of adds that's, to the- that's what I was, that's what I'm getting at is like, how, that's to me is a bigger issue. Like, how do you, how do you go back and fix that? Like you have to be able to, I mean, you have to be able to figure out a way to, to, to do something to the players if they're yeah. doing things like that. And you can't just preemptively strike, you know, no, you can't, you know, you can't say, look, well, We've decided that you can't convict a player for murder, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so sorry, we can kill whoever we want, but you know, I mean, obviously that's that's you know exaggerated, but um, yeah, um, I I just don't see stripping the title. I don't see stripping the title. You know, and I'll tell you from my perspective. Maybe if I was a Dodgers fan, I might. <laughs> and, and I and, and and I will listen to any rationalized Dodgers fan who has to feel worse about it because it might have happened to them twice. Now, you know, the funny thing is, is that in the report, the Astros said they gave it up because it wasn't working. And we've talked about this before. I don't know. We are not baseball players. How do I set in the box, focus, and now I've got to be listening for this thing that may or may not come. So I can see how they might have quit it. But I think it's – I'll tell you for me, from my personal perspective, nothing is going to change the way I felt in 2017. Yeah. I will. I'm still very proud of the championship. I got a new piece of art that I'm getting framed for it. Yeah. But I. But now I'm going to wonder. Now I'm going to watch that fifth inning. I'm sorry. The, the the game five of the World Series and wonder. Well, did Bregman Bregman hit the walk off because he heard a thump? I mean, I I doubt it intellectually because of how loud that building would have been. But that little seed of doubt is there when it wasn't, and that sucks. And that's something I'll carry as a fan. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe that's maybe that's enough. You know. Um, I mean, to actually go back and take the title away. I just don't, I think at this point it wouldn't be because you can't really say for certain that that was the reason it might've had an influence, you know? Yeah. I think it, it, you know, certainly, you know, could have affected aspects of the game. I just don't know whether you can go back and say, cause there were other, there were other factors that were going on. Um, I would be a little bit, yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to, I don't, I don't know that, like you said, we're not baseball players, so I don't know exactly like in terms of the like focusing on what pitch it is, I feel like I guess in my mind it'd be easier if you knew that it was an off-speed pitch or a curveball coming. You could really yeah prep for that a little better. It just and seems like knowing it four tenths of a second. That's the trick. Like the it, thing. how distracting that would be. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, you know, part of me's like. Uh, you know, a little bitter because of like, well, how, how does that affect the Rangers games right. at, at, at Minute Maid, you know? And, you know, I, I guess the, you know, the, the one series I went to, we, I guess we, I think we won three out of four, maybe even swept them that. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's actually super <laughs> So I'm funny, like, like, I'm like, okay, that was, that was okay. It wasn't working then or. <laughs> well, there's actually a lot of anecdotal evidence that it did it, that it raised their, their batting average one, one thousandth of a point. Oh, okay. And that. The famous game when they when you hear the bang against the White Sox, they lost three to one. Like it, <laughs> it, and if you remember, that was the year where they were way better on the road than at home, yeah. offensively. Yeah. So none of that excuses it. You know, we don't if we catch a student, te- you know, catch a student cheating, we don't look at the grade before we decide whether they're punished. Right. If they're caught cheating, they get punished. Um, I think it's just you know, I, and we've talked about this before you and I are pretty aligned politically yeah and and 
it sucks out there. So our one refuge was the three I hours know. of sitting in a ballpark, and some of that's going away. I know. That's really, you're right. That is, that is, it's, it's kind of a disappointment. It's kind of like, really, do we have to, this, this too? <laughs> yeah. Does, can, does this be tainted? You know, At so, two, Brute. <laughs> so as we wrap it up, you know, Ivan's going to be back periodically, but you and I are going to be going to a new ballpark. Yes. With the Rangers. Globe Life Field, baby. Um, are you going to be scared to sit next to me in an Astros jersey? You want me to get a couple speeds between Dude, us? I got your back. Don't worry. You got my back. All right. Don't worry. Well, Ivan, thanks for being on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Anytime. So as we continue to dive into the sign-stealing scandal and the Houston Astros and Red Sox and the rest of Major League Baseball, we turn to our regular contributor for the Big League Two segment, Scott McIntyre. Scott, we're coming to you a little about a, about a month earlier than we'd thought. Uh, how are you doing? Are you surviving the winter? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, staying uh, staying fairly warm. It's We've had our fair share of snow in St. Louis, but hopes are high for the upcoming season, so everything's warm. How's that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, now watching watching plenty of blues games, so you know hockey is keeping us warm. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I flew through there and I saw. And you guys have the All Star Game coming. That's exciting. We do. It's going to be a blast. And what's really going to be a blast is in April, whenever I introduce you to that sport um, in in uh, in Texas. So that should be fun. It's going to be a good time. Um, so you know, you are not an Astros fan. I think you're appreciative of all good baseball. What was your original thought when? The commissioner passed down the, and just to remind people so people don't twist our words, every single person who's been on the show has said the correct punishment for the Houston Astros. This, this is this. I think people are going to think this is an attempt for me to figure out a way to get that team exonerated. That is not our goal. What were your thoughts on the punishment? I I thought it was pretty severe, uh, and I thought it it addressed it um, it addressed it correctly. The one thing that I'm the the things that got left out okay the 5 million that's the most you can you can punish the organization uh from a financial standpoint strong first and second round draft picks two years in a row strong uh one year ban on your gm and your and your coach possibly too strong uh but you know with everything else going on with luno i get it where i think the astros got off is that i think ownership if you're going to blame the gm uh, for not knowing what's going on in the in the in the clubhouse, which is really, frankly, not a lot of the GM's business. Uh, to me, Hinch doesn't have a leg to stand on on this one, but um, Luno may have had something to say. But ownership uh, should have also been punished. But you're not going to do that because ownership is is Rob Manfred's boss, so he's not going to not going to hit them there. I want to um, back up I, on you know, something I, you said though, um, because I think that you and I maybe agree on. I'll tell you what I think about this and, and maybe I'm, I might be reading you wrong. Like I completely agree with Luno getting fired because you can't just look at it as here's the sign stealing thing that happened, but you also have to look at the Brandon Tobman thing as part yeah. of a bigger issue. And that is his business. I've maintained having been in situations where you have to lead guys that trust you. I can understand where Hinch was in a tough spot of not reporting his guys. I think he made the wrong choice, but I think that that to me sounds like a rel- still relatively young manager learning a leadership, um, mo- having a leadership learning moment as opposed to, I think, Luno, who had created a culture that lots of people were complaining about before this moment happened. No, sure, and I think that's what got Luno. If this was the only um, event, only escapade, 
then maybe Luno could could get away with it. To me, though, if if I'm the manager, if I'm Hinch, the buck has to stop with you for what your team's doing. So, um, to me, uh, the one-year ban, uh, I get it. The owner came out uh, to make himself look good um, by firing the guys. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, I don't think they they fully escape punishment. But I gotta be honest, some of these players. The, the players, it started with them, and we've seen it now. You know, Beltran, who was a player at the time, now he's lost his job with the Mets. And then you see Mets pitchers coming out saying, you know, you got to be kidding me. You know, now now I know why I, I couldn't pitch worth a flip against them uh, there, why they weren't chasing pitches, so to speak. Um, but I think the players really have some culpability in this. And what I would like to see personally from the players I'm not, you're not going to see ownership do anything. You're not going to see a billionaire apologize for anything, trust me. But I would like to see some of the millionaires uh, who are players come out and say, you know what, we did wrong, and we want to gain the fans' trust back. We want, to, uh, we want you, the fan, to have something you're, you're proud of. If I was an Astros fan, that's what I would want to see. I would want to see my players hold some culpability before spring training, and say, we owe you one, guys. Sorry. So uh, this yeah, actually just uh, came out um, that they're, that the intention is to do that as a team when spring training starts and that apparently Major League Baseball is not letting teams or players talk. And so it's almost it's almost like the, 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 the pylon of social media is, look at these guys, they're not even apologetic. When I'm not actually sure they're allowed to say anything yet. Um, the owner that's did speak fair. last so night at the Houston Sports Awards and said that the plan was for them to do a team – I mean, he frankly said the word apology right before spring spring training starts. Whether that's good enough for me or other people, I don't know. But I do think that um, I know the Dodgers straight up said they are not allowed to, to comment on it at all. And I assume that extends to players as well. Well, I would think that the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Orioles and the Tigers, I saw them as two of the of seven uh, seven other teams named. I mean, the, if the Orioles and the Tigers are cheating. I'm sorry, you're doing it really bad. <laughs> uh, which I'll go back and talk about history here in a minute um, and, and show you how this this stuff never really works out in the long run for teams uh, because it's it's been around since 1876. So these people, yeah, and I'll let me let me not go off on a tangent. Right? Just yeah, yet. that's definitely something. I, that's something I'm gonna. I'll prompt you. I definitely want to get there. I, I, um, I know where you're going. I definitely want to get there. The, I think it's still an ongoing investigation. And as with all things, if you know, oh, we can't comment on an ongoing investigation. So I can see why the players have to have to keep their, their mouths shut. Uh, but that's good. That's very good that the Astros team is, is planning on doing that because they have a really solid fan base who's, you know, taken some, some, some heat because you guys lost in the Nationals uh, the year before. There was disappointment. And you um, they're based in a society which is, you know, lives off of of, of of football. Where if you lose one week, it's huge. It's like losing you know seven, ten games in a row in baseball, um, as we've talked about on, on the show before. Um, so yeah, good, good that they're going to come out and apologize. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see. And and you know, the social media reaction is something that will not you know. The, the, we've we've definitely become two groups in trenches where I think there are a lot of Astros fans who feel put into a corner and have felt put into a corner by Major League Baseball, honestly, ever since they were forced to move leagues, right? Like there's always yeah. been this rational or not um, Astros fans waiting for the, the ground to fall out from underneath them. They probably don't need the apology because a lot of them are sort of 
blindly in the trend. And I don't think people that want the apologies are going to listen to it anyway. Now, you brought up other teams. And anytime I anytime you see, again, why are we discussing this online anyway? I don't know. But anytime an Astros fan brings up, well, let's look at the other teams. People, people interpret that as, uh, it's okay, we're doing this because other teams doing it. What, what are your thoughts on the fact that it is obviously something that, that has happened or that is continuing to happen within other teams? That there have been, like you said, the Dodgers, the Yankees have been accused. Um, I've heard that the Brewers were accused, the Blue Jays as well, and then you said you heard Tigers. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that from the league-wide perspective? Anytime there's something going on, so steroids, when, when the steroids again, when the HGH came out, it didn't start out that all 30 teams started doing it at the same time. It started off in one place. And, and as guys got traded or became free agents, as they became successful, other guys wanted in on that success. Now, this has probably only had a two or three year lifespan from the looks of things. Um, but it obviously was something if, if Manfred is issuing you know, notes league-wide saying, hey, stop it. Uh, if he's issuing a note league-wide to say, hey, stop it, then something was going on. Other teams were doing it too. Uh, and, and, and why not? You know, hey, if these guys are getting away with it and uh, there's nothing explicit, there's still nothing explicitly in the rule book that says they can't do this, by the way. There's just a memorandum from the league office saying you will be punished and fined if you do this. In the rule book, it's okay. I mean, there's nothing against it, so to speak, but you know it's wrong, right? Right. Um, and that's the – so the memorandum that came out uh, from the MLB office said, hey, stop it. But now they're looking back not only before that memorandum came out to see how, how, how wide was this, or it appears they're doing that, but also who kept doing it after that memorandum went out. Uh, I, and, and that's why the Astros really got dinged, right? They kept doing it after the memory. And that's always what happens when you get, when you... Right, when Dad, t- when Dad looks in the back seat and says, hey, stop it or I'm pulling the car over, if you stop it, the car doesn't get pulled over. But if you don't, God help you when the car gets pulled over. Yeah, the Astros are, are basically victims not only of committing, being of doing something that, that is was in the memory... But they're victims of their own their own hubris and, and their own stupidity. And then, you know, to a man, they all said it didn't actually work for them. And, you know, you've right. actually played uh, baseball at a high level. I never have. I can't imagine trying to bat and then being in there, getting my, my, my self-centered to bat and then not waiting to listen for something to bang. Like, I can't imagine that helps or doesn't anything. I mean, but I don't know. But it just seems like. The, I think the biggest thing that made us all mad is that they basically quit on their own because they felt like it wasn't working. Yeah, it, it's going to cut down the chase rate, right? You're, if I know a breaking pitch is coming okay. and it starts out in the middle of the zone, I'm I'm less likely to chase. Uh, but still, we're talking about a game where if you make solid contact 30% of the time, they'll wind up enshrining you in Cooperstown. Um, if, if you're only successful 30% of the time, and let's say you've only been successful 27% of the time, but now you know what pitch is going to come. Now maybe you're successful 28% of the time. I mean, and, and that's just, that, that's, that, that's at a good level, right? You can hit a ball squarely. You can hit it right on the screws, right at somebody, and, and you're out by two steps at first. So uh, I can see why it, it doesn't help that much. And, and again, I talked about this from a historical aspect. If you look back in history, uh, let me ask you, do you know the first time 
that technology was involved in sign stealing. First time that technology. I think I know, but I don't know for sure. It was 1897. Okay, the Philadelphia Phillies did it. Yeah. Yeah, 1897, they had a guy out beyond center field with binoculars and a telegraph that would (laughs) alert the manager what pitch was coming. Yeah. So he could signal to to his team because the batter had a, a, a dead look at the manager. So the manager could tell him, hey, curveball, fastball, whatever's on the way. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies finished 10th out of 12 teams that year. <laughs> it didn't work. Right. Uh, in 1900, the Phillies, again, they, uh, they had a guy that would, their coach would stand on top of a box with electric wires, and he would stomp on it. He would stomp on the ground to let pitchers know what was coming. So he was stomping on the ground before they had banging of the trash cans. The banging of the ground happened in 1900. This never works. The only time that you can really say it ever worked, um, it was in 1951. And it came out that Bobby Thompson, who hit the shot heard around the world that defeated the um, the Brooklyn Dodgers to for the Giants to win the the Giants win the pennant the Giants win the pennant. Well, guess what else? The Giants were also had a red light going off in center field, letting him know what the pitch was coming. So this has been around forever. There's not, and these are the, these are only the teams that got caught. It's like anything else, you know. If if ten stores get robbed, not all ten people are going to get caught. Um, and, and I do want to get clarified. Somebody trying to trying you know, to get a leg up. I want to clarify too that me pointing out that it, it, like and there are numbers like everybody count everybody looks at um, Altuve's home road splits, but then Ace of Spader, who you can follow him on Twitter, pointed out that actually Aaron Judge had more extreme home and road splits, and you know people that say look at how well the Astros hit at Minute Maid Park. Well, the Dodgers also hit better. Like like st- we can chase the stats all day. But my point is, is me saying that I don't think it worked very well and that they stopped themselves doesn't make it any less right. I'm not trying to apologize. I am upset because I think that they're a good enough team. They don't have to do it. I'm just going to keep breaking in and clarifying because I don't want somebody twisting this into, oh, Jim turned his podcast into an one hour defense of why the Astros are right. I don't, I do not think that they are correct in having done this. I simply think if you're going to clean the game up, you clean the game up. And I get the sense that they're not going to do that, that they're going to let this thing stop with the with the Dodgers. I mean, sorry, with the Red Sox. Well, I, I think they're going to clean up the action. I, I think teams have a message now very clearly, and, and they know it could get worse if, if they continue doing this. I don't know how much they're going to look back historically and really reprimand other teams. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure... I, what they would, what Major League Baseball would love is if people would pay more attention to the impeachment trial going on and stop paying attention um, to 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 this story. Or I don't know, go go read about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry or, <laughs> or, or whatever. But, but don't pay attention to this and let us just sweep this under the rug and, and start the the season off. Um, yeah, I've seen people on social media saying, "Oh, the, the integrity of the game is soiled forever," and I can never be a fan of this team or that team. And and really, I, I tell those people, please go get over yourselves because baseball has been ripe with scandal um, since nine years after it, it it was incepted in 1867. Uh, you know, in in 1877 when the Louisville Grays no longer were in the pennant, they started throwing games for money. We know what the Black Sox did right. in 1914, but just six years before that, um, 
there there was uh, bribery taking place uh, with the Cubs and the Giants and, and, and other things that decided the na- National League Championship. This has been around forever. There was cocaine in the 80s that was going like crazy. Uh, the guy whose name just slipped my mind, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher that that threw the, uh, Doc Ellis threw the, the perfect game on acid, threw the no-hitter while on acid in the 60s. I mean, something's been happening in this game forever because it's competitive, and there's not a sport that you can go look at uh, in, in the U.S. Or, or worldwide. I mean, FIFA is totally corrupt. Uh, there, you had officials that were trying to, to throw NBA games so they could – you know, shave points and, and win some money. Basketball's had plenty of scandal with that. Football's had gambling problems, had other, uh, you know, videotape problems. If you're going to take the championship away from the Astros, folks, got to go take it away from the Patriots, too. That's all I can tell you. Well, um, I want to get into some the of NHL this. The NHL, too, every, everything, yeah. every sport has had this because it's competitive and there is a ton of money at, at, at stake. So, yeah, people are going to try to get a leg up. One of the things that people have tried to throw at me, and, and I don't, again, I don't think it does anybody any good to say, well, this scandal is worse than that scandal. But, you know, right now it's like, well, I'd, you know, I'd rather the steroid scandal be back than this. And I'm, and like for me, this, I feel like, like what you said about the, the scandals, they're all, they all seem like they are scandals created by trying to keep up, trying to get an, an extra leg up. Um, if a lot of teams are looking at signs, it seems like, it's not out of the question that a team might try to be more efficient when getting that information com- uh, communicated. But I don't think that this – anybody that's being intellectually honest, this doesn't equal a scandal in which players to keep up and keep getting contracts have to physically harm their bodies by injecting things into them while also introducing a criminal element to the game in the form of black market drug trafficking. Like – all of that doesn't equal what's going on now, except that you don't have social media making it seem bigger than it is. I mean, I could be wrong. I might be way off base. Your thoughts? No, I, I agree. I mean, pe- people aren't being um, people aren't aren't being injured. And somewhere out there, Pete Rose is going. Really, really? Can you guys get over me yet? Um, <laughs> but but the problem. And this is not just with sports scandals or sports investigations. This is a this is a problem in life that we've all faced. Uh, everybody knows what's white and everybody knows what's black, but the, but life is lived within shades of gray. And when you're in a situation like this, and I believe the Astros are are just an example of this, when you start getting into the shades of gray, you very often cannot tell when you're in a very light shade, or you've turned into a very dark shade of gray, and when things have gone too far. It's also as you continue to do bad behavior and you get away with it that you keep doing it. You keep doing a little bit here. You keep doing a little more, a little more, a little more um, because you're getting away with it. So you keep trying to push that envelope and keep going a little deeper, um, darker into the shades of gray that, um, that, that ultimately when you get caught, it's really – for a lot of people, it's the first time they've taken an honest assessment and seen how deep they were in it. And I, I truly believe uh, that was, you know, for, for A.J. Hinch, at least, I, I kind of think that's what happened here, is it just got a whole lot darker, a whole lot faster than he really realized, and that probably a lot of the other teams realize, or team, team members realized as well. Yeah, I think that's actually a great point. And 
you know, for me, it's like I'm, you know, we've talked about this before. There's a reason why I love baseball and I'm embarrassed that the team had to feel felt the need to do it. They are still absolutely my team because I am very much a, hey, man, you got to be in a foxhole with the, with with who you, you know, what I mean, I don't quit. Um, I still think they're a really good ball team. But, you know, I think the 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 conversation gets so nasty and it's just gross. Like it's it's ridiculous to watch Astros fans get mad at the people whose job it is to cover the team. They're covering the team without prejudice, which means they're also not a homer. And then it's also just ridiculous to see all the fans of other teams who've apparently like put some of the Astros beat writers on alert so they can immediately comment with some asinine comment about cheating or whatever. It just it's all it just looks so pathetic at at on and every way you look at the situ at the issue. My, I'd tell those people that my daddy always told me, be careful who you're pointing a finger at because you got three more pointing back at yourself and it's just a matter of time. Um, and, and, it, you know, if it's not this, it's something else that some team will have done. There is no team um, in any sport that you can go look at that has a completely, um, a, a complete innocent record. I mean, we, we can talk about the, you know, the Angels are under investigation right now, too, for something that has absolutely nothing to do with sign stealing. Uh, it, this is, this is, it's just something that happens. You're, de- I mean, you're seriously dealing with guys that are between the ages of what, 17 to 40, uh, and and then the the managers as well. So 17 and up that come from all around the world to play together, and, and that's how competitive this is. It, it's not just. You know, a few guys from, you know, playing in the NFL, everybody's from the States or maybe a smattering from Canada. In Major League Baseball, they're from all over the Caribbean. Um, you, you've got guys now in from Australia. You've got guys in from, from Asia, America. The, the competition is huge. And there's a gigantic difference between playing your road games in Hartford uh, than there is from playing your, your, um, your home games in you know at Jacobs Field or um, in, in SunTrust Stadium or, or wherever at, at Minute Maid or Bush, um, the competition is huge. Young men are always going to make mistakes. Always going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes, but especially when you're younger. Um, and and it, millions of dollars are on the table. So yeah, people are going to push things. People are going to screw up in three years. We will have, we'll remember that this went on, but the facts of it all, especially in this day and age when we live in the 24-hour news cycle, hey, this is gonna, this will all get blown under because there'll be something else. Now, with that said, Major League Baseball did correct uh, in coming down hard and letting teams know that it's not going to be acceptable. And um, and yeah, the Astros did wrong; they got caught. Okay. Cool. Take your punishment and roll on. The other thing I want to address really quickly, and I've said this time and time again to people, and I will remain consistent on this, with people saying they ought to take the title away from them. I can't remember a time in professional sports when a title's been stripped from someone for something like this. Uh, For anything, I can't remember when a title's been stripped. The NCAA does that, and the NCAA is probably the most corrupt sports organization (laughs) in America. So and you, and you, get it, you get an individual sport somewhere. You get it in, like, the Tour de France, I think, is technically a, a professional sport, but you're right. Okay, well, fair enough. In, in individualized sports especially. But you, you just can't – and what good does it do? Oh, well, they, they were stripped of the title. So who gets it? 
Really? Oh, so the Dodgers? Are the Dodgers going to get it? We'll slap that asterisk on there and make them happy. Who freaking cares at at this point? Um, everybody forgets who won. Unless you go to Wikipedia, you forget who won awards. You know, five years after they won it anyway, unless it was your team. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thanks a lot for jumping on with us on this. And then, uh, you know, we're going to be back. Pitchers and catchers are reporting soon, and we'll be back to to have a great second season of Let's Get Two. Sounds great, buddy. Hopefully we can just move on from this and talk some baseball. So that wraps us up for this episode of Let's Get Two. Again, not an episode I wanted to have. This isn't the side of the game I choose to devote my time to. And if I were a journalist, I would have no choice. But in fact, I'm not a journalist. I'm a guy who loves baseball with the means to communicate it and try to bring people who also love baseball together. That is ultimately my goal, my goal for the show. We are excited to be back. We're going to be dropping our next episode when Pitchers and Catchers Report. We're going to be speaking to the curator, the Negro League Museum. We're going to be talking to the State College Spikes. We're going to have a good time and we're going to we're going to put all this behind us and we're going to enjoy the sport of baseball. We're going to have our Major League Baseball preview show coming up soon. It's going to be a blast. So stick with us and you know just try to again have a little compassion for the fact that no matter what happens with any of these situations, fan bases on both sides of the issue are stuck in the middle without any recourse in the situation. And so that when people react, shitty, it's only where I can come up with right now. It's because they're scared. It's because they're afraid. It's because they're mad. And there's really nothing else they can do but react in that moment. And my hope is that the closer we get to the season starting, that some of this will die down and we can really get back to the business of playing baseball. Because I think it's going to be a great season. I think some teams are loaded and it's going to be a collision course for what should be a really exciting 2020 Major League Baseball season. So until next time, enjoy the rest of the void. Do your best to to keep your head up, survive the cold weather. Pitchers and catchers report in less than a month. So until next time, let's get to you.